0: One, two It's one small step for me. Welcome back to another episode of Without Boundaries. It's your host DB bringing to you another new co-host. Go ahead and introduce yourselves to the people, my man.
1: What's up, everybody? This is Tyrone Harper, good friend of Dakari Branches. Love to, I'm happy to be here for sure. Uh, talking, so let's let's talk. Let's go. Yes, How sir.
0: Yes, sir. T says Lafleur. Alrighty then. So just to give you
1: guys a couple developments.
0: So what's been going on behind the scenes at Without Boundaries? Um, you know, as you guys know, Jimmy Bean was a vital part of this podcast. Uh, one of my co-hosts, um, Jimmy Bean will no longer be doing the podcast for probably the rest of this season. Uh, he just got accepted into nursing school. So, you know, let's give a round of applause to that man. Um, congratulations to him for trying to change the narrative out there for black men. I'm um, very proud of my brother out there. Um, so yeah, he's going to be, he's going to be down for a little while. He'll be back on. You know, whenever he's done handling, you know, his grown man business. So, you know, just to give you a heads up on him. um, As that regard, we're bringing in Tyrone, t says LaFleur. You know, he's going to be the new third co-host of Without Boundaries and will act as my second co-host while Jimmy Bean is gone. Um, You know, he's going to bring he's going to bring a very uh, diverse, let's say this, diverse Seasoned, uh, <laughs> uh, a very seasoned, a very uh,
1: you know, uh, my
0: per, perceptual mileage
1: on uh, yeah, what's going I got, on. I got some mileage on me, but not too much. We good. We good. <laughs> yeah,
0: he he's gonna be that uh that that ninety one uh Corolla. Why are we gonna be that twenty So go Um, yeah, he's gonna bring a little bit of some insight and some different perspective to the game. Uh, gonna be a, a pretty vital part of the team um, as the platform without boundaries um, I'm trying to do it uh, pretty much a week by week basis same as it is normally uh, I don't want too much deviation from that uh, I'm trying to stay as consistent as possible if I could with that but um, yeah it's not it's not really too much deviation with that schedule it's pretty much you know everyone's been used to but just a just a couple of disclaimers before we go ahead and get into the news today. And speaking of the news today, um, this was actually the news Wednesday. Uh, the Asian hate crimes bill. The Asian hate crimes bill that was actually passed into law the other day and signed into law. Um, apparently, this was proposed by, I believe it was, uh, was it the House? I want to say, uh, The House or either Joe, one of the two. But either way. The house, I passed it. It went to be signed into law by uh, President Joe Biden, with uh, 62 GOP members voted against the measure, and it was pretty much opposed by one Republican senator, senator, um, which you know, <laughs> you, are, you you know those type of guys. But uh, <laughs> before I go ahead and get into it, before I get into it, you know those other guys, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. But uh, so, yeah, that, that was recently passed. And, and I just want to sit there and talk about to the point of, you know, I'm happy for, you know, you know, that had to be passed into law. But I guess where I want to start off with, yeah, is, is where is the, the black reform bill? Where is the, the black hate crime bill? You know, where, where is that? At? Is that sitting in the tuck somewhere in the envelope um, next to the flat Stanley cutout? You know, where, where is that at in the office in the, uh, in the White House or in the right. House itself? Right. You know, so I just wanted to go ahead and talk about that a little bit. Tyron, what you think about that whole thing?
1: Well, you know, before before I get into my stuff, uh, what I want to say is uh, congratulations to the Asian Americans. Uh, you know, this is something that needs to be done um, because you know they probably you know if you think about it, you know, there in a lot of people's eyes, uh, there's white and there's black, but I think mm-hmm. sometimes it's possible that the and not possible. I'm pretty sure. That a lot of Asians feel kind of unheard. If that makes any sense, yeah. yeah. And uh, and we don't really talk about the stuff that's going on in the Asian community, but they are a vital part of our um, of our you know everyday life. You know, you got doctors, lawyers, teachers. Um, you know, so. But uh, before I start on that, let me let me go back to something real quick because I, I wanted to I wanted to address what started this whole uh, mess and uh, you know you know with, with the the rise in the and the hate crime from what I was looking at it was it rose 164 percent over the past year mm-hmm. and uh, now what where do you think that started from now in my opinion it started from the top which was president Trump mm-hmm. and uh, you know he instilled a Fear, in my opinion to to everyone else that was listening to him because he was he he instilled a very in my opinion before because I, I don't want to be, well you know what screw it. All right, so he was very uneducated. Come <laughs> on speak your peace. Speak your <laughs> he peace.
0: Was,
1: he was very uneducated in what he was saying. He called it the China virus. So mm-hmm. you know and when you're in a position of power such as he is or was, I mean such as he was, you can't is you know exude toxic behavior because when you put toxic behavior out in the atmosphere, you're gonna get toxic behavior out with everybody else. So you're, inst- you're instilling fear into people. Uh, you're instilling hate into people. So now you know. Now you have instances where uh, you know a homeless, mentally ill man who was black. Let's, let's just I'm gonna be real. He uh, attacked a woman on Easter because she was. Of Asian descent, you had a man get slashed on the subway. You got mm-hmm. you had a gunman going to Atlanta a few months ago and killed, uh, I think it was eight people. Yeah, most of them were um, in, Asian. Were Asian, and the and the thing that bothers me is is mostly it's mostly um, a lot of our uh, elderly, mm-hmm. you know. And so you know what gives you the right to put your hands on anyone for one, but also you know some of you know you you were told. As young people to respect their elders, so yeah. Uh, but also, and, and you know, I'm not going to put it all on Trump because I think it also starts in the house,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, with your, you know, with your adults. And uh, you know, I, I tell you know, people always you know i always try to keep in mind you know we didn't have all of us didn't have the same rights until 1965.
0: that <laughs> so, is true yeah that's true this yeah. is very recent stuff
1: this is very recent stuff so we haven't had equal rights until you know just recent and, uh, and you can say what all you want about the constitution that constitution was not written for us
0: yeah.
1: we that constitution was written so we all, all we did was we just built the house so they could we, write it in yeah we just built it and so all that uh you know Freedom, the speech, and all that stuff—that wasn't enough. us. Nah, no, no. no. Let's get that straight now. But um, but yeah, it's just that it starts in the home. You got people who are being taught uh, ways that are so so wrong at so many levels. We yep. are supposed to be taught to love, not hate. And mm-hmm. you know, I I don't I don't like how that is being portrayed. Um, and all you know, let's get to the Black Lives Matter thing. To the point of when we have people who are trying to trying to address something, but again, we have somebody else who who will push a narrative that we are, you know, that we are saying one other thing, but we're like these terrorists. Who, no, we're not. We're just angry. You know, yeah. the first the first part portion of grieving. A lot of times, you're either gonna be angry, sad. You know, it, it, you can't you can't tell somebody how to act after you know people are getting killed left and yeah. right.
0: Yeah, especially just loved ones and family too.
1: Absolutely. And it's not even the loved ones that just, it's, well, it, it, it's like you're, you know, you, a lot of times we see each other as our, that's our brother and our sister but even if we don't know them,
0: yeah. you know,
1: cause, because I might not know this person but I'm seeing people get killed that look just like me on on on, on phones and, you know, on, on the air and, and things of that nature and it's just like on, on TV and stuff like that and it's got to bother you but for people who don't, who want to Say hey, um, I'm I'm tired of seeing all this stuff. Well, then stop trying. Then stop doing it. <laughs> just stop, exactly. It. You know. You know. And I and I heard Shannon Sharp say this: uh, if you are not, if you don't have a problem with people getting black people getting killed, and you say you have black friends, you don't have black friends. You just know black people. Mm-hmm. So you know if you if it's not at <laughs> this point. Uh, you don't you don't know black friends, and I and I'll say that to the Asian people. If it's not bothering you that these Asian people are getting hurt and these Asian people are getting killed, uh, these elderly people, it doesn't even it doesn't even have to go to Asians. Let's talk about just people in general, man. It's just if you're not having a problem with seeing elderly people on the ground just getting hurt, uh, you don't have a soul. And I'm sorry to say that, but you you really don't have a heart. Um, and it's and it's sad to say this, but but yeah, man, I'm I'm, I'm gonna let you I'm gonna let you go ahead and, and talk. But yeah, that, I said my said my little piece right there.
0: <laughs> <So>. <laughs> no, you're good, man. But no, I I definitely understand that. And like like you were saying in the beginning, too. You know, um, shout out to you know the Asians who got this crime bill passed and stuff that you know it's a, it's a big one for them and everything. And I'm mm-hmm. happy for them. But you know, like I said, my discrepancy has come. Like you know, of course, Asians are grouped in the minority and seen as the minority even though they're not, well, I'm not even going to say they're not treated that way, but they're not as treated as harshly or badly. I feel like that, you know, there was always some sort of prejudice against them, but it wasn't to the degree of black people's before this coronavirus stuff. Um, I feel like it definitely did increase during the pandemic, you know, as to, you know, the forces that were at power at the time, you know, calling it the China virus and the Wuhan virus and all this and that, um, you know, granted, you know, no matter where it originated, it's still not right to sit there and basically be, you know, prejudiced and racist against a, a group of people. Mm-hmm. Um, So I think that, you know, it's it's very good that they got their just deserves with this crime bill. Don't get me wrong.
1: Yeah.
0: My discrepancy. Now, oh, go ahead.
1: Now, I was going to ask you a question. Now, do you think that is because. uh we are more outspoken than the Asians are because a lot of times Asians don't say much when something's going on. They're just starting to now voice it because they're because I would say, uh, that the one who got beat in the you know on on Easter by the black mm-hmm. homeless mentally ill man, I think her daughter was the one who saw it and she was the one that kind of spoke out. So I think a lot of times too these Asians, uh, excuse me if I'm if I'm saying it you know politically incorrect or like that. I'm saying they. If um, these people who are um, saying and not getting their voices out there heard because they're not saying,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I, and I think that that's a problem too. But now I'm I'm glad that they are speaking out uh, more. But I think some of it also has to do with that you know we as black people we're getting we 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 as black people are getting tired of it, so now we're being more outgoing. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> definitely. But
0: like, like I mean, but I even think so. Like I mean, to to even follow up on your your question. I think that, you know, for them, for how fast they got it and everything, mm-hmm. like, you know, like, like as the saying goes, you know, you'll you never know what someone's going through until, you know, you walk them mile in their shoes. And even then, you still may not know the extra mile that they're going through. You know, you, you never know what someone or a particular you know group of people is going through until, you know, you, you've been going through it. So, I mean, for the fact of them to have that crime bill, yes. It's, it's a very good thing in them. And, you know, it's well-deserved. And I think they got it because, I mean, in all honesty, if you really think about it from an econo- economical standpoint, is that, you know, even though they're part of the minority, Asians make up the majority of, you know, those careers listed before, you know, those doctors, those lawyers, those people of high educational prowess. Because, you know, of their, you know, cultural construct of where they are coming from with big on respect and big on, you know, basically having a career full of success. You know, those those are the type of people that you see, you know, being being engineers and programmers, not saying that any other race can't do that. But primarily, though, those, you know, people of Asian descent are usually in careers that, you know, are very, you know, beneficial. They're very vital to the community. They're, They're seen as pillars in the community. So my my perspective of it is that if you have a group of people that's a, a pillar within a community, not saying that Black people aren't because we're a very big pillar, but I'm gonna get to that in a minute. But <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna get to that. I'm gonna get to that part in a minute. It, it's it's a hidden pillar, but it's definitely a pillar. But mm-hmm. I think it's to the point because it it all revolves around money. And when you look at the the wealthiest people, you know, in the world, they're typically you know people who are you know white or either Asian usually. And it's usually those people and, you know, we can make, you know, constructs to, you know, French this and that. You know, if your skin is, you know, white, Caucasian, then you're you're white. Basically, those people, European, American, whatever descent you want to call it from, those people are usually ones with the, you know, most wealthiest, you know, source of power. And second behind that, it's usually Asians, you know, like, I mean, if you look at countries like, you know, Japan, you know, Korea, you know, you know, even China, you know, they may not be the best when it comes to certain things like, you know, I'm not even going to put, you know, Japan and Korea in there because they have democracy, democracy in it, depending on what side of Korea you're looking at. But, like, you know, they may not do things such as, you know, good as supposedly we do over here in America. But overall, their economies are always booming. You know, we we owe China however much million, millions of dollars because their economy is free flowing. We get a lot of goods from them. You know, same thing with Japan. You know, a lot of things come from Japan. We outsource a lot of our stuff over there because yes, it's cheaper labor and everything. But ultimately, their economies are booming enough to the point where they can sit there and support that.
1: Absolutely, and they're, and they're more. I think, in my opinion, uh, they're they're more disciplined in what they in their in their work ethic too. So Definitely. They, just, they, they they rise to the they rise to the top because that work ethic is, is ridiculous. Like I had a I know a, a math teacher who graduated college. You know, when I was I was substitute teaching years ago, math teacher was like twenty years old.
0: <laughs> you know, in the, in
1: the classroom, like these guys, like these people, man. Uh, these um, the Asians. I want I don't want to keep saying these people, but the, the Asians, they um, they are definitely taught in more. taught in their their discipline in a in a higher standard than than a lot of us Americans are. And, definitely, uh, and they're and they're and they are definitely, you know, they're not lazy, put it that way. They're definitely not lazy. No, they're very hard workers. They they get there as they're knowledgeable hard
0: workers, very disciplined mannered. Like, they're, you know, they're very much, well, the model citizen.
1: And they're labeled that way, but I'm not going to tell, I'm not going to say that none of my black people are not like that either. But yeah. there, there's, a, uh, there's a label that is put on that, but I'm not going to get into that right now. I'm going to let mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna get you keep talking on that one. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, but we're labeled. It's a label. It's a stigmatism on it where agents are the hard workers. Uh, white, the whites, are, you know, they're the ones with the money and, and things of that nature. And black people a, a lot of times are looked at as lazy, uh, which mm-hmm. is a lot of times far from the truth. It's just that we don't have as many opportunities as the as the, uh, the you know everyone else. But that's uh, uh, I, I digress. <laughs> no no but
0: but you're absolutely right though (laughs) because like i was going you know i was saying a couple minutes ago it's it's just those pillars so Mm -hmm. if you have somebody you know of this very high status societal status and economic status Mm -hmm. then you're very much going to be more entitled to move their their you know means and needs over the needs of those who aren't seen as the pillar you know what i've come Mm -hmm. to find out is that you know america is all based on perception you know Mm-hmm. I was I was, you know, talking to, you know, one of the patients I work with, you know, a couple of weeks ago. And he was telling me about this beer that sold in Mexico. Right. He mm-hmm. said the beer was so trash that it never sold in Mexico. No one ever drunk a bottle of it. Of no one ever knew what it was. But no one, you know, dare drunk that beer. They just you know, it had terrible marketing down there in Mexico. Right. Mm-hmm. Had zero sales was on there on the risk of honestly becoming, you know, a very, very, very downsized, if not out of business, you know, company. You know, came to America about a year or so later after having a very bad downfall in Mexico. The company, the, the country that it, it originated from, it had a very bad downturn. Came to America, changed this whole marketing scheme, and is now a very, you know, I'm not going to say popular because I don't think it's popular beer. I forget the name of the beer, but I know if I, if it wasn't, it wasn't you know, one of those household beer names, then I know it won't that popping. But mm-hmm. it came over here it started making sales and it made enough money to stay afloat in. You know have a booming you know beer business in itself so Uh, what 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 i I learned is is that um you know america is based heavily on perception it's it's basically a big marketing scheme you know you market something to the right crowd or you market or you perceptualize something to the right person you can make anyone think anything like it's all distorted reality at the end of the day and what i think that what we got into at this point in the country is that we have, you know, illusions and we have delusions, you know, we have, you know, very much two sides, You know honestly three to four sides of one story and you Ooh. never know which side of the story is the correct one and, you know, on our half as, you know, black people, you know, we, you know, especially because we've been down low for so long, we never have our stories perceptualized in the right manner. You mm-hmm. know, it's always seen as violent, always seen as, you know, crying wolf, or always seen as someone, you know, well they're just crying about this again and all this and that and oh that they'll be fine. I think that we've gotten to the point now that because we've been so mistreated and we've been so downplayed and we've been so basically stump spit on and all that you know above is that people don't give us that that energy anymore because we're not high on that total pole anymore perception wise we're not high on that total pole anymore. Now granted, we built up a big part of this country yes. You know, we right. built up a lot of part of the government. We built up, honestly, and if you guys want to sit there and fact check me, you can go ahead and fact check me if you want to. I don't, <laughs> I don't care. But I know for a fact, we didn't came up with the majority of the ventures that we use today. Black people Man. came up with this. You know, good the good. building that, you know, House and the Senate, you know, do their business in, we built that. I'm pretty sure we actually, not even going to lie, we rebuilt it after it got burnt down by, you know, European white people back in the day. We built mm. up the White House, too back when it had burnt down. That's the reason why it's called the White House now. But, again, you guys can fact-check me, because I know you probably going to be like, oh, he doesn't know what he's talking about yet. Yeah, go ahead and do it for yourself. You know, go find on your own education. Anyways, back to the main point. You know, we have such a very, very strong footprint that's been paved over with cement in this country that it's actually ridiculous. So, of course, you know, we're seen as inferior. We're seen as, you know, the bottom of the barrel no one's going to give us that respect on the totem pole. So if no one's going to give us that respect and then they have the nerve to kind of glance over what we've done in this country, you know, we're not going to be on the front runner of that, you know, hate crime bill. And, you know, I just think it's amazing that, you know, and I think honestly the real question we probably got to ask ourselves at this point is, well, how do we make ourselves the equivalent of it? Is Mm -hmm. how do we get to the point of, you know, us getting justice for what's going on? Like we still haven't seen that George Floyd, you know, police reform bill. You know, it's been introduced on the House floor for months, and it's still no progress on that. Right. But we can make progress, and like I said, I'm happy for the Asians, but make progress on the Asian hate crime bill. Mm-hmm. When you know this just started over the coronavirus pandemic, which has been a year in the making, when we've had a 400 plus years, honestly, 500 plus years of
1: you been know, long, long, yeah. So, that was, and I, I want I wanted to dive, I wanted to jump in on what you just said about the about the marketing aspect of it now who do they put in front of the camera for the marketing which culture is it our culture i believe it is because you got to think about all these, mm-hmm. these athletes and all these black people they love our culture but they don't want to they don't they don't they don't respect it they love definitely, the culture. Definitely. they don't definitely. respect it so we're the ones that are marketing this mess but you know you
0: yeah. know what you know, and I'm glad. I'm not glad. I'm glad you said that, brother Tyrone. Let me go ahead and preach real quick, then. Let Come me on, go brother. ahead. Let, let me go ahead and give it a sermon real quick. Let me give it a sermon because hey, I want. I want. To, I want to talk about that. So yeah. let, let me say this, right. So mm-hmm. we put our own in front of the camera, as you said, right. We put mm-hmm. athletes, actresses, and actors. I feel like the problem, and I can speak for us because I'm one of them. I'm black people. I Mm -hmm. feel like that we, yes, we put, you know, money's very important and everything, but we put too much emphasis on chasing a bag. Mm -hmm. We put way too much emphasis on trying to get rich, and we don't care what the consequence may be. We don't care who we got to step on to get it. We care so much about the monetary wealth. Now, some Mm -hmm. of us aren't like that. Honestly, I think, hopefully, majority of us is not like that, but I feel like that we put too much of that wealth ahead of our own people that we somewhat forget who we are where we come from Mm -hmm. and we don't necessarily even think about well how can we do this to benefit i mean look if you're rich and you're doing this fundraiser and everything you know by all means that's good and everything but truth be told i don't really even trust fundraisers because for all i know the money could be going to i don't know the ceo's pocket what i think Mm -hmm. you know what should be going on is that instead of sitting there you know starting a foundation everything's cool, but I think you need to actively go into the community and do some type of work, you know. I think you need to go there and actively make a change. Like I don't know how many of y'all listen to Young Thug and Gunna, but, you know, granted, even though they're very top of the totem pole, they went out and paid, I think, I don't know, like a hundred like, you know, inmates, you know, bonds or something so they could walk free. Yeah. They just had a one Saturday morning to get up and do that. Or, you know, just use your money for because, you I mean you can't take it with you. So, I mean, the only thing you might as well do is usually to impact someone's life for the better. My thing is, is that, like you said, Tyrone, it's all based on perception. We have a lot of, you know, Uncle Toms out there that, you know, necessarily don't want to help their people. And honestly, talk, talk as if there was no oppression to them. Mm -hmm. Now, physically, there's no oppression like there was back in the day on us. But, I mean, emotionally and mentally, there still is. There's still oppression today. I mean, if you really look at it, like we go to work and we slave our, and this is for everyone, we go to work and we slave our lives away from a nine to five for pennies on it just to barely make ends meet. I mean, if you look at the jail system, there's a lot of our brothers and sisters that are incarcerated and they're in there basically getting free labor for what pennies on a dollar.
1: Yeah, literally. Yeah. And, and so, uh, like, yeah, go ahead.
0: And so, like, honestly, if you really look at it though, like, you know who who's the who's the man really getting finessed at the end of it? We sitting there and we're promoting this this and that and this agenda and that agenda, but you never see nobody of our color really being the forefront of it. You know, I mean no. just just even look at it. I mean, of course, I'm a, I'm gonna give her, her just dues. You know, shout out Kamala being a vice president. I'm very proud and happy for her. You know, go ahead. But Joe, that man is. You know, I look. I I claim no political affiliations. Uh, you know, I'm I'm here for moral... I We can make a whole episode about this. I think the whole party system is utter BS. I think that it should be based on moral standards and that alone. I think it should be based on the well-being of people. I don't think there should be two different parties. I think that's just a lot of hoopla and a lot of rah-rah for nothing.
1: It's, bu- it's business-driven. It's business, uh, business yep, driven. exactly. It's about who you know. And but who, who
0: you know. Yeah. I think that we need people... Who are actually of the color coming into high powers, you know, that be in actually leading the charge. I don't think that someone who's not of our ethnicity, which I mean, I support, you know, other races that do support the cause. But I feel like that it should be one of our own leading the charge. You you, you get what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, like uh, not just being an athlete or an actor or actress and speaking on it, but actually actively leading the charge. You know, like, back in the day, and, you know, I'm going to let you speak real quick, but I actually got a really good point to lead in on to that because I feel very strongly about the leadership we have now versus how it was during the 50s, 60s, and 70s. But I'm going to get into that in a minute, but I'm going to let you go ahead and speak real
1: quick. No, I was going to say, um, well, there's a couple factors that can that you're, that you're talking about where we need somebody in that seat, but a lot. But you also got to realize, too, is that that seat got to be open us too
0: because yeah. you have
1: people who are above and i'm not just talking about you know athletic, politics I'm talking about just in any job that you want to get to a lot of times you have these uh this, um, these uh these caucasians mm-hmm. who have lived uh generations of, they're they're walking into money from generations of you know of their own wealth of people you know of their families and they keep a certain set of people around them and they don't want people to to budge in on that. They really don't want people in their in their in their in their circle that mm-hmm. they don't know. And a lot of times they 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 are all around other um, Caucasians. Now every once in a while somebody else will get into it. Uh, you know you have your Michael Jordan, but I don't even want to get into that. Michael's my, my boy in the basketball court. Business wise, that man um, is it, a different story. I, I just I just disagree with some of the things he's done. Yeah, uh, but but yeah, it's just a matter we have to have those opportunities available to us as black people, um, as well. And uh, it, you know, it, it, we're looked at as not as smart a lot of times, and we don't know what we're talking about, and then we just got to work twice as hard. We got to work twice as hard. Uh, that 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 seat has to be available for us to even get to there. Uh, but it, it's getting there. We're, we're going. To, it's like we're, we're we're at this point. We're pushing the door down. If it's not being open for us, we're, we're at the point now. I think people are get just getting tired of it. But you know what? We're gonna push this door down man, instead of opening. And that's what we need to have the mentality of. Just you know, you know, you know, forget whatever they're saying. Let's let's do our own thing. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, yeah. I'll let you keep 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 talking because you're some good stuff. Yeah. yeah.
0: So 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 you think those seats are gonna be all available to us going forward then so you you think that you know we can really make that you know provocative change because i don't want it to be the point of you know like i said some uncle times where just because you get into that that position of power you necessarily just
1: do more or less of what was
0: you know what already done in there like it needs to be some sort of an active change you
1: know absolutely And, and you know and it starts with the person too but at the same time you know you can only you can't morally change somebody like they yeah. got to do that themselves. uh you can't you can't uh, make somebody but you what you can do is when they give you an opportunity you got to do the best you can with it Um, uh, you know i can i i can uh think of you know who's the who's the you know one of the top GMs. i'm going off of course because i because i love sports who's just one of the top gms in, in the nba right now he's he's for the toronto raptors and he's mm-hmm. like he was an opportunity And so now he's the most sought after GM in the entire league, Uh, you know, so it's just a matter of, you know, I can't, I can't tell you how to think about what I, what I, what I do Mm -hmm. or how I am, but if you give me that opportunity, whether I'm one out of 30 or one out of 50, because you have to, because statistically you need that black person in your office somewhere, you know what I mean? Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to try to do my best to do, to change the narrative. If that makes any sense, I want to change the narrative by my work, not necessarily, uh, you know, what you think of me. I want, I want to change it by my work and show people that hey, we are. It's to, <coughs> excuse me, it's going to take time. It's not. I'm not saying it's going to happen overnight. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, you know, this is uh we are dealing with a, you know, this is generational racism. <laughs> it air. definitely is, and a Doing lot of just- that.
0: And and a lot a lot of that is like, you know, like talk through, like you said, generations. Like, you know, it's just different people changing the narrative. You know, I, I know some people that, you know, I'm necessarily I'm cool with now. And that their, their parents are like whole racist, you know. And you know, they they said that, you know, look, I, I don't even want to be bothered with them, da da, da da da, you know, case, you know, matter of B and stuff like that. So I feel like, you know, even if you don't intentionally try to teach your kids that. Just by like the culture that's like you know we were talking about earlier, like black culture's starting to just take over everything, mm-hmm. and honestly, okay. I just feel like the way that everything's trending now, like regardless of the fact that it may be you know everything's gonna I feel like slowly kind of like you know um filter itself out you know mm-hmm. it's still gonna be pockets over here and there, but I don't think it'll be as big you know as it is today or as
1: it once was, yeah we're knocking it, yeah, we're knocking it down like I said, but we you know with the um you know, there, there's, there's talks of a black Superman. When, mm-hmm. when, when did you ever think we would have a black Superman? Never. Uh, exactly. So, and then you got, you know, these, these you know, I'm just going to go to kids. They got these characters. And they have these people that they can actually look up to uh, and say, wow, he looks like me. I can, you know, you, you know my, you know, people's you know, my nephew's favorite superhero now is Black Panther. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm pretty sure it's because you know wow that's somebody that looks like me they got you know superpowers you know that, that you know what I'm saying so it's just a matter of uh you know perception we, we're gonna we're we knocking some some doors down and hopefully you know the people that are behind us will have more opportunities and more things to look up to as role models I mean shoot I would have never thought I would have seen a, a, a black president <laughs> in my lifetime when I was in that was nice, like, man, and, so, and I said, who was Barack Obama? Who, who did he come from? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was just, so, you know, and then you got a, a woman. Let's not even talk about an African-American woman. Let's just talk about a female as the vice president. Let mm-hmm. yeah, um, alone of, of the African-American, um, you know, with some African-American descent from, uh, you know, as the vice president. Uh you know, we can talk about what they've done. We can talk about you know later, Barack Obama. But just think of the the impact that has on it, on a child to see, wow, I have somebody that looks like me in there. So if he can do it, I can do it. So it just yep. and it gives them the motivation to say, you know what, I don't care what you say. Um, you you're you're in that position of power, but I see somebody who was the head of the head of the uh, head of the country that was in the position of power that overruns all of y'all. So I, so you know what I mean. So mm-hmm. if I, if you can, if he can get there, I can get where I need to go. And uh, you know, LeBron James has opened up a school. If I, you know, I, I can, uh, I can, uh, be. I see him doing things for other people. If I, he can affect the community. I know I can. So it's exactly. Just, yeah. So absolutely, so, Uh, yeah. I am I'm, I'm gonna let you go ahead and keep keep going, bro. I know I'm you doing, good. You good. And I just
0: don't take. I
1: don't want to take. I, I, want to take, I want to take too much. I just. <laughs> I know. I just, I just I just want to get it, get
0: my, get some of it in. While you, while you talk, bro. I know you good. And then, um, I mean, you know, you made good points, and I want to even take it a step further to even people, the people behind the curtains that you know help orchestrate or run the show or fund the show. I think they need to be black too, you know, because a lot of times, which I don't know if you're, um, if you saw it or not. You know, have you heard of that show on Amazon? That's, um. I don't know, it was portraying some type of stuff back in the 1950s, but, you know, it had to do, it was basically a black psych war. You know, it was mm. basically a black family back in the 1950s.
1: Uh, oh. I, I do, i seen you, the commercial, I have not looked at it,
0: though. Yeah, don't don't look at it. So, um, gotcha.
1: Gotcha. <laughs> so anyway, you know,
0: black Twitter, you know, I, for all those who know what black Twitter is, black Twitter basically uh, came up and roasted the hell out of that show. I personally never saw it, but um, I off the trailers that I saw and kind of the vibes I was getting off it. And when I saw who the creators were, I was like, "Yeah, I'm good." Um, mm. Yeah, uh, I'm not. I'm not supporting it either. So this this is another very very good example of what I'm talking about. Of we can be the faces of things, but if we don't run it behind the scenes, if we're not the ones intellectually and you know, basically physically coming up with this product, I feel like we'll never have as much success as we should. Is why i i also support you know 100% black ownership and black made things and black owned things um but basically the show was produced by i think about four or five white people you know white guys and um basically they were portraying a 1950s you know what was the term what was the term called was it suburbanization or something um i get what you it's not suburban expansion but basically you know when black people were trying to migrate the great migration I don't know I'm probably using all the wrong terms you, you know mm-hmm. y'all can look it up but um right. basically it was when black families were started pioneering into white neighborhoods and suburbs and stuff you know trying to you know basically get out the, the ghetto you know everyone's seen good times you know easy credit report you know people trying to get out the ghetto but um <laughs> you know you to have it but um you. You know <laughs> hanging in a job. but you know all right, let me get back on it but um you know yeah basically you know a black family was trying to get out the hood go to white suburbs boom and the show is basically about all the white people getting very 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 upset at the black people for trying to even have a basic you know way to live or have nice things and it's basically bringing back the the horrific and showing it graphically you know times of you know very very high racial tensions and it shows basically black people dying and getting killed and tortured very brutally. Mm. And it's um, to the point of where, you know, this show is on Amazon. I think it got pulled off Amazon. And yeah, I think it got pulled off it and they pulled all the advertisements on it because essentially those people, the creators of the show, those, those white men I was telling you about, or, you know, I don't know. They're all white men, but I know they're all white. They were profiting Mm -hmm. off black trauma. And with Black people, which we saw it as basically you're profiting off our, you know, of our terror, of our nightmares, our, you know, stuff that we've been through. You know, how how are you going to profit off something that we've been through that you haven't been through? And, you know, I'm about to draw a very good comparison here. But, you know, on the other side of the spectrum, the creator said that, you know, we need to show this to people so that we don't repeat it again, you know, so history won't repeat itself you know, I'm, I'm a big advocate of, you know, learning your history so it don't repeat itself, but also in the climate of today's people, especially with the mental climate, I don't think it's the best to show that type of stuff out there when we have all these mass shootings and everything. You know, that's, that's just spurring ideas for those people, especially, you know, with all the racial, you know, pocket groups that we've had pop up with the Proud Boys and, you know, the KKK being out there and, you know, the Oath Keepers and all those people. I don't think it's a good thing if we have, you know, that type of... um you know that type of uh I, I'll say inspiration out there for them to go off Absolutely. because essentially they could use that and be like well I saw it here you know it's, it's the same argument that you know was made a couple years ago you know play, kids play you know bad and violent video games they, they turn out bad and violent right
1: you know Absolutely. so
0: so obviously you know pe- you know people see you know violent you know disruptive and mutilating you know shows they're more than likely especially like I said in the mental climate today, gonna want to go out and do that especially if they hate that race that they see being portrayed on so mm-hmm. i don't think and that's my side of it you know not for the fact that they're profited profiting of black you know torture and you know black basically you know dehumanization but for the fact that they can even spur more hate crimes on the black community i think there's a big aspect that you know people haven't you know Thought about just off the profiting off it, so I don't think that that's fair, and that's why I think that you know we as a race need to go behind the scenes and pull the strengths of our, on our own projects, you know. So mm-hmm. even when we get in those positions of power, we still need to have a hand in, you know, not just the the hand itself, but the actual body controlling the hand, you know, the yeah. brain of it all. And going back to drawing comparisons between that show, you know, Jordan Peele came out with, you know, Get Out and Us. Based on black, you know, it's not black psych horror, but, you know, black, Um, I guess you can call it suspense or, you know, it, it makes you think. But his compared to, yeah, his is very, yeah, very deep, very meaningful. It gives you subliminal hints to what's going on within a country without splitting in your face. It's making you think that was just, you know, damn right. You know, basically murder on TV. Right. And so that, that, that's, that's not what we need to see. And I think that's where the lines get kind of blurred because now you're trying to white-splain something that was originally ours, you know, just like, you know, the culture, you're trying to white-splain black culture. And that's, you know, you need to preserve some things where once it originated from. Yeah. And going back to, you know, what I said earlier about, you know, uh, people now, nowadays, we we need we need leaders and not just these actors and athletes and you know people high people of power but we need you know people like us you know like the whole reason i started this podcast was to you know try to you know, I I don't see myself as an activist or a revolutionary or anything like that. But you know, someone to basically lead the charge because we don't have any more Malcolms, we don't have any more MLKs, we don't have any more Rosa Parks, we don't have any more you know what what's the other guy named Frederick Douglasses. Um, we don't have any more Harriet Tubmans or you know Nat Turners. You know, we don't have any more of those. We right. we have people who basically and you know this is probably a very hot take which I won't say it, but. I feel like as, you know, time went on and we got desegregated, we as black people split into more of a division than anything. Mm. And I felt like during segregation that segregation as a whole was bad. I don't support it or anything. Mm. Just to make that abundantly clear. Yeah. The point of segregation that I'm trying to hone in on is not segregation itself. It's the byproduct of the segregation. I don't support segregation. Let me just make that perfectly clear and state it again. But I think that during the time of segregation, we as black people were honestly more strong knit and tight with one another than we are now. I mean, if you just look at it from a standpoint, we were more understanding of each other. We owned and went to a lot of our own things. It was a lot less hate. I feel like back in those days, to I mean, I'm not even gonna say it wasn't even a lot. It was barely any hate between our own culture.
1: Yeah, because we we love each other because of what we were dealing with. Exactly.
0: And, you know, if you go talk to anyone back in that time, like I talked to my grandparents about it and everything, you know, they they you know could go over to each other's houses, keep the door locked and everything. Wouldn't have to worry about it. a liquor crime. You know, go over there, wouldn't have to worry about someone about to shoot them up or anything like that. You know, wouldn't have to worry about any gang beef or anything like that. You know, we were so for one another. It was a one big family. The only person that we had to worry about was the policeman or the KKK. And we were very, very, very tight-knit. And I feel like where we started to get more dissected was when everything got desegregated. A big win, of course, for a lot of us, but I feel like as the culture for Black people, it kind of separated us even more. Like, I feel like desegregation brought segregation amongst Black people.
1: Right. Because then what? you weren't...
0: What? Because then you went from the knowledgeable Black man to the middle-class Black man to the lower-class Black man. And I could break it down even further to where you had the black man who wants to be part of the white crowd, who doesn't want to be from where his roots are, who doesn't want to act like that, who doesn't want to, you know, take up for that part and, you know, live this lifestyle that basically, you know, wasn't meant for him to live in in the first place. Mm -hmm. You have the black man that's teetering between the two worlds, between, you know, trying to be a part of his culture and trying to fit into two different worlds and trying to figure out where does he fit in. Then you have the black man that's just, you know, doesn't necessarily want to be anything higher than what the streets taught him. And, you know, it's nothing more, nothing less. He's stagnant, where he's at. He wants nothing more than just to sit outside, sling sling some dope, and, you know, give that out to the community. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, it well, might be his only means of, you know, money, but still.
1: Well, let's, let's, let's dig into it a little bit deeper. Why do you think those? People send, they want to stay in that white crowd other than the black crowd because they see their way of getting higher is like, oh, I got to get with these white people in order to get higher. You see, this is another thing too uh, with ownership. uh, I'll I'll dig into it a little bit later, but I, you know, with ownership, you know, dealing with uh, guys like Michael Jordan and things of that nature, he was like, you know, somebody asked him, you know, about the black community. He was like, well, white, you know, White people, they, they, they buy shoes, too. So, you know, he's, you know, you have your own market that you're going to, and that's why it's so important uh, for Black people as a whole to stick together. And like you said earlier, ownership, own your own thing, and be, and be uh, protective of it, too, because there have been instances where you, they have, we have, uh, you know, had things creatively snatched away from us uh because you know from from other white like, I can I can go back to a sitcom called Living Single. Uh mm. the reason the reason why friend the show Friends was made was because they, they stole the concept from Living Single. And so mm. you know that went that went you know eight years and things of that nature. Friends would not have happened without Living Single. Well, so I didn't just, even know that. Yeah, yeah man, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That show was based off of Living Single. Somebody uh Somebody in the background who was white went to NBC and it's basically pitched an idea that was from that show. Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, I want to say because the show *Living Single* came out in I think '93, uh, mm-hmm. and I want to say that uh, *Friends* came out. I want to say '95, '96, and mm-hmm. lasted eight years. Yeah, that whole concept. And they about to have a they about to have a reunion too on HBO. Absolutely, yeah, and it's crazy that. You know, you know, it lasted eight years. Living the single only lasted, uh, I want to say, four years. Uh, you know, because they wanted to go a different route, and that's when around that time they they lost them. Was a lot of times, a lot of uh, a lot of our black sitcoms were being lost. You know, Martin, mm-hmm. Fresh Prince of Bel Air, and things of that nature. You know, some of it probably was because other people wanted to do other things, but I also believe some of it was cut off because they didn't want that. Uh, they they wanted their own. Their own in those in those in those in those uh, time slots. And things you know,
0: now that I'm thinking about it, when you really broke it down like that, a lot of our sitcoms was in that time period, and then you did see that shift to where it was a lot of primarily white sitcoms. You know, like mm-hmm. and, you know, Seinfeld, Everybody Loves Raymond. Um, well, what's what's another one? Friends, uh, like you just said, like
1: you know, King Queens. Our, yeah, we had our we had our moments after that. I want to say, but they were on black owned. Networks. networks, and you got to think like, you know, I want to say uh, UPN, I don't know, I believe they're black owned, they were black owned back in the day, but UPN they had, you know, the Parkers, they had Moesha, they had all of those for, uh, uh, for a slight moment in time until, I want to say around 2003, and mm-hmm. then Game came out, and then they, they ended that after, you know, a few seasons and they came back on BET um, mm-hmm. so we're getting these offers, so now it seems like, you know Thank, thank God we got guys like, you know, say what you want about them, but guys like Tyler Perry in those positions who are issuing out jobs to people uh, of color, whether you like the shows or not, whether you you think they are kind of messed up or not. Hey, <laughs> way- I ain't gonna lie, A Tyler Perry show
0: will get you twisted. I ain't gonna hold you. I am not gonna hold you. A Tyler Perry show will get you twisted. You be sitting there thinking, like, how the hell did I even get here?
1: <laughs> you know, you can talk about the wigs that are on there that don't look, hey, man. I, I ain't gonna a lie.
0: Job. I saw this one picture of Brad. Brad had a whole spray on beard. <laughs> hey, I was man. like, look man, we, we going down this low now. I was like, alright
1: now. Hey man, I'll take a job from Tyler Perry any day of the week. I'll shoot. He called me up and said, hey, that's why I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep, I'm gonna digress on it because I'll tell you, I'll wear one of the wigs. <laughs> <laughs> Facts. I'll go ahead and sign that contract for Tyler Perry <laughs> real quick. I'll, I'll sign that contract because, but, but it's just a matter of somebody who is becoming respected in those in those platforms. Uh, they're getting they're giving people opportunities um, and just you know we need more people like that and just and, yeah and and watch who you tell your, you tell your 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 dreams to and who you tell your your thoughts to and stuff like that because people will still in a heartbeat that's uh, definitely true yeah just and be protective over it over your dreams and be protective over your vision. Uh, because man, you know, you could be you could tell one person and they go shoot it over somewhere else and, and then uh you're looking for your money and they say, wait a minute, I you you know you know, this is my thing, you know. So just be very uh, be very protective of uh what you what you want and what you are, uh, your idea. That's that's what I want to go with. That. But yeah, man, uh, you can I'm sorry. You are going. <laughs> I know you're good, bro. You good you got much to say so as I do. Yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. For but, sure. Um, now, now, now let me ask. I'm sorry, I don't want to backtrack. Let me ask you something. So, do you think uh, something that popped up in my head? Do you think with the vaccinations coming through, do you think that some of this stuff is going to change uh, with with the Asian stuff? Or you know, I know the bill kicked in, but you know, I'm still thinking like the vaccinations probably have something to do with it too. Um. Do you or I, just, in my opinion, I just think it helped expose more, more stupidity in this country. Uh, but I, I, I think. Uh, well, you think it. Will, do you think this is going to change things with this bill, or do you think it's just going to keep going on?
0: Uh, as opposed to, do I think Asian hate crimes are still going to go on even yeah, though the yeah. bill's
1: passed? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Just yeah, just I,
0: because the federal government passes don't mean it, it's not going to happen. I mean. There's plenty of things that, you know, you know, people break laws every day, I feel like, you know, and it's not I feel like I know. And one thing's for certain, if someone, you know, has the intent and enough, you know, energy to do it, they're going to do it. And it's not going to be to the point of just because it's a federal bill there. A federal bill is just going to get give the grand punishment for it. That's Mm -hmm. that's all that's saying It's going to if you do this to this particular group, then this punishment will be, you know, Bestowed upon you, and you will be, you know, basically to the fullest extent of the law torn the fuck up. You know, that's that's right. that's that's what it's me. It, that's that's all that federal bill was. You know, basically, you can't do this, and if you do do this, this is what's gonna happen. Regardless of the fact of the matter, it's still gonna be people out there that's still gonna test those waters and probably gonna still do what they wanna do and try to actually do some of these things against these Asians. And yeah. I don't, I don't want that to happen, and I hope that's not the case, and I pray that I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. But like I said, people are going to be people. They have that nature in them. If pushing to the point of where they're so influenced and they're so, you know, warped in the mind, they will do stuff that, you know, hence will make this happen. You right. know, will now, I hope this law bring it down? Yes, I hope so. But in all honesty, it, it could be a 50 50 coin toss right there.
1: Yeah. Now, the reason why I asked that question is because let's say if they came out with a black, hypothetically speaking, they came out with a black, uh pay bill okay
0: mm-hmm.
1: Do you think my opinion it's gonna still keep going it will still keep going on mm-hmm. and also um, the policemen would just still do what they want to do. And I don't think we need necessarily a bill. Mm-hmm. I think police officers need their pensions removed uh, because what they, what they're doing is they're resigning before they can get fired. So they can keep their, you know, their their, their, their pensions, yeah, and keep their pensions. So they're not, you know, that's exactly what happened with the lady who uh who went into somebody else's apartment thinking, supposedly thinking it was her own and shot, you know. And you look at some of these other businesses um, that happened lately. There's a reason behind the reason why they are they are resigning instead of getting fired before they can get fired, so they can keep their pensions. And you need yeah. to start going at these these people's pensions. And you just need, to, really, we just need to scrap the whole. The whole, uh, the whole police uh, way of things because it is such a mess. Uh, I don't want to put somebody on the spot. I'm not going to put the police department on the spot. But I have been told by somebody who was in the police academy, he quit, and and for, for everybody who wants to know this is a white gentleman, he would quit the police academy because of how racist it was. Uh, You know, mm. he... he I can't, I can't do it no more because he was like, but he, cause basically they said either you, you, uh, you fall in line with us or you, you know, you just got to deal with it. You know what I mean? It's basically you either going to quit or you just want to fall in line. And uh, you know, I, it's, it, it starts, it's going to have to start with them too. Uh, you, we need to, we need to scrap the whole way of things are going with the police officers because you can pass the bill all you want, but if the people who are, who you know? If let's say if you're being stopped by a police officer, and mm-hmm. you know we get we uh we have our own say so and we get you know, but we still get hurt and shot and so, But they can say you know it's their word against us, Who they who you think they're gonna believe? They gonna believe? The yeah. Office. And you know and so no matter what and and it and it's crazy to think that this whole George Floyd thing. It it's sad to say that we are scared, even though this man was found guilty, that he still might get off. It's sad to say that because we have it all on camera, but because of the the judicial system that is so corrupted, this man still might get off. And he, we've seen these people get killed in cold blood. You know, and- I actually, now that you
0: bring that up, and just to you know interject real quick,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: how I was talking earlier about perception, I I don't mm-hmm. know if you watched the whole case or not, but did you hear the closing argument for um the defendant?
1: Uh, I read the I read a headline about it. I didn't go into detail about it. Uh, explain, just to, yeah, just to say it just for the people too. So
0: yeah, so basically, Derek Chauvin's lawyer, basically, um, you know, he called out, you know, basically every witness. He was like, you know, okay, this man, you know, here. He basically said that their perception of the whole situation was off, even though what their eyes actually saw was true. So. Say, for instance, if I I was one of the witnesses, because I physically saw what was going off, my perception might have been off because of my background. And he brought up everyone's individual background. He brought up uh, the, the black man who was on the corner. He didn't have a high school education. He dropped out here and he did this here. So his perception is probably off because he's basically poor or that, you know, this person who was a paramedic here, they've seen this type of trauma in their life and they've been through this situation. So their perception of it might be this way. He basically said that their perception was off so that because their perception of the situation was off that it actually didn't happen that way and didn't even happen to the point where George Floyd was actually killed. So basically trying to dilute the whole, you know, like I said, illusion and disillusion and all that good stuff, basically creating an illusion that none of it even really happened.
1: I just right, want to well, throw his, that out there. Yeah, his job is to try to get this man off and, and he, he he's, he's doing his best, but uh, you know, if it walks like a duck, it quacks like a duck. It's a duck, mm-hmm. and I'm, and I, you know, uh, it's just, a, it's just, it's just sad. I, I it, that is, that's the stupidest. <laughs> sorry.
0: Man, look, when I tell you, I saw that argument. I literally was like, so you're basically telling me that, like, yeah, it happened, but it didn't happen. I was like, huh? I was like, all right, I, I don't, I don't really know what, what that's gonna get you. Yeah, we had
1: this man strung up on the tree,
0: but it really
1: didn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, we shot
0: the man in the head, but you know it really didn't happen. He's still yeah, he here. he tripped
1: off the tree and fell and got hung himself. That's what really happened. Um, yeah,
0: it, it, no, yeah, he he just he just fell into a knife in his back.
1: All right, I, yeah, I tripped. Yeah, that's right. Okay, yeah, what else? Yeah, who put the who put in in? Put the knife there. Okay, let's, let's, let's yeah, get, let's, let's let's get that straight. Who put their who put their foot on his neck for one? And mm-hmm. he, who called for his mama and that said I can't breathe several times. Exactly. Eight, eight minutes pleading for his life. Uh that's that's just ridiculous, man. That's, that's totally ridiculous.
0: But yeah, I just wanted to interject on that one just because I just thought it was interesting because we were talking about perception and the whole policing aspect of things, but and you know, I'm a, I'm a I'm gonna go ahead and speak on that on that police reform in a minute because I got a hot take on that. But I'm gonna let you go ahead and finish too.
1: No, yeah, I'll I'll let you um I'll let you die, um go go with it. Uh you know I I said what I I wanted to say on on that particular aspect. I I think like, let us get this like I said again. uh it, it starts, I believe, with the police. And then not only police. Let's talk. About, let's talk about you know the judges, the people who are in those in those places of power too. Um, mm-hmm. But but mainly mainly police officers and you know because well even the, the whole police officer and judge because a lot of those times you see the same you know you go to the you know you know the court you know these judges and these police officers know each other a lot of times too. So, yep, you know, sure do. But, uh, yeah, so uh, it's just a matter of having. I think they just need somebody above them to hold them accountable, a committee that holds them accountable. Uh, that is not just the good old boys or the, you know, it, just, it needs to be diverse. It needs to have uh, different people of different ethnicities yep. in there to, you know, to put, you know, to hold them accountable and and not, not to uh, BS it, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. So it's just a. That whole this whole thing needs to just be scrapped and and we need to and it's starting to happen a little bit better but um, the way somebody kills somebody on the street it, you know it's the same way <laughs> they need to be held accountable and arrested but somebody saying oh he had a gun oh no no it said taser taser <laughs> and get yeah. Shot. Give me a break, man. That I talked to, I haven't talked to. I've seen several police officers that she had enough time to understand what a taser is, what a what a gun is. Give me a break, uh, And
0: man, That that's that's a big thing too. So let's 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 really dive into that, right? So you mm-hmm. said that you had talked to an officer that shall not be named, and that basically they said that the institute or the academy. Teaches you how to basically be, or it's not teaches you, but basically has such an racist uh, guideline that either you're with it or you're against it, right?
1: Yeah, it's just a matter of they have they have their things they look out for, and a lot of times they look out for uh for a certain type of black well black people for sure. Um, I I can uh matter of fact now that it comes to mind, uh, Steven Jackson, uh the, the former basketball player, he was stopped. Uh, the other day, he has converted to uh, being a Muslim. Mm-hmm. He was wearing scarf while he was driving, uh, mm-hmm. wearing his, uh, you know, his head, headwear that Muslims wear. Yeah. And so, uh, it was a black female and a white police officer that pulled him over. Mm-hmm. And the white police officer had the, the black lady do his dirty work and say, you know, hey, we're saying that you, you know, we're seeing that you have, we're running the license and you got warrants. Steven Jackson I ain't got no warrants. And he ain't got no warrants. And you can tell in the video uh, from what he was saying, he, he was talking to the lady, he could tell that she was uncomfortable with talking to him because it seemed like the, her subordinate was the white guy and was making her do, making her do it. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, and just because of the way the man looked. It's yeah, because that's where he was. He head where he was in. If they really knew who he really was, they wouldn't. You know, they wouldn't even thought about. It. Oh, that's Stephen Jackson, And you know what I'm saying? But uh, because he was what he was wearing was his Muslim attire. Mm-hmm. He was, he was, and he was, black, of course, he was black. Uh, black Muslim. They 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 stopped him, claiming he had warrants, which he had none. After about five minutes, they let him go. So you know, yeah, it's just a perception that they look they look for a certain. I can't tell you how many times I've been followed by police officers who just run my license plate because I was in a nice car uh, and I was black. Um, you know, I don't want to get into my stories of the, the times. I Maybe another time I'll get into them, uh, but I've been stopped and I think my, my whole intelligence is in question. Uh, yeah.
0: And to follow yeah. up on that, I think that's a that's a really good point that we can get into real quick is that, you know, when it comes to that, I think that, and I talked about this on a previous episode, but I, I'm I'm gonna go back into it. I think that police reform truly starts off with, like you said, threatening their pensions, and this is this is what um for all those who listen to the Breakfast Club, this is what Charlemagne was talking about. They had an episode about this, um, but threatening their pensions, threatening their paychecks first and foremost. So threatening anything that revolves around their money, or them getting any type of, you know, compensation. Um, that whole, you know, basically resigning before you get fired just to save money. I think that that should be taken out of context. You know, I feel like in a position where you're literally dealing with someone's life that can result in it being a death. If you go four plus years because you have undergrad and you have basically grad school, if you go four plus years to be a doctor or, you know, you know three plus years to be a physical therapist, or two plus years to be a hygienist or a nurse and then an extra amount just become you know mp or an anesthetist or whatever the case may be or you know any or even trying to be a lawyer i think that's like what seven years or something like that you know total together a long time Those, those careers deal with life and death in some way shape or form you can even break it down to if you say, well, a hygienist doesn't determine life or death, DB. You know, like, well, guess what? You have something going with your face with those teeth It's going to cause some type of decay in your mouth. You're going to end up with a hole in your mouth that's going to affect one of your nerves. It affects one of your nerves. You can end up paralyzed and then boop to the boop dead. So, um, you know, like I said, it, it, all of it in some way, shape, or form, even as a lawyer, you're dealing with the life of someone, right? Life or death. Someone could be on death row. You know, you're dealing right. with life or death. I feel like in a position that deals with life or death. Granted, I know because I just saw, you know, one of the people I used to go to school with got accepted into the, you know, Academy for policing. And mm-hmm. I, you know, I saw that their salary, base salary starting out as forty six thousand dollars a year, which I mean, granted, that, that's that's pretty low. But I right. mean, you know, that that that's that's for them to worry about their money, not me. But right. um, I feel like that if you're gonna deal with someone's lives and basically be the judge during executioner, which only one man is that, which I don't know who bestowed upon humanity to be judge during executioner, but it's topic for another day, but it's only one person that can judge that. But if you're going to be dealing with that, then you need to have way more. And I think it's only like maybe like a couple months, a couple weeks of -hmm. training in the academy. And then right. after that, you're basically good to go? Like, essentially, mm-hmm. it's basically like, you know, you, you could take, like, maybe a two-week course and then, boom, you're an officer. The requirements to even become an officer is just a high school diploma. And it, So you don't...
1: Yeah, and the crazy I, thing is, man, uh, I, I'm pretty sure you know this, uh, a lot of times they recruit, uh, a lot of times those, uh, the KKK members and stuff, they take those positions of power Uh to be in the, um, they, they recruit inside the police, office, um, in the police academy, KKK's do. And, uh, mm-hmm. they will, they will, they will put flyers in certain ones. They think they can recruit, um, inside their lockers and things like that. And, and you know, just to, just so they can have power like that. And you need to do, and, these, and that's why I said, uh, these committees, we need a committee who can do background checks on a lot of these people too. Um, because there's there's not enough, you know, because that's the you know you're putting you don't know who you're putting a gun in um hand, um who who's getting a gun in their hand um you know doing doing that job you know you got to be very very particular on stuff like that you have mental tests have you know you know psych 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 tests things like that man you don't know who you are gonna have in there. just, just definitely don't, you just you just can't have everybody protecting uh so called protecting us uh you know everybody needs to be held accountable in that year, man it's, just, it's just sad to say but yeah they people have gotten exposed um in those in those positions recently i can't remember exactly who but somebody who was in the kkk uh you know got exposed <laughs> on social media because somebody recognized him and was a police officer mm-hmm. so it's gotta you just gotta uh man, it, it's sad to say that we got
0: to do this, <laughs> but and, then, yeah. and so many of those people who are racist in those types of groups are in those you know positions of power. I remember that you know from my high school, I had graduated about maybe like a year or two later, and it came out that um, one of the, the resource officers was actually part of you know, I, I forget what type of wing it is, you know, right, left wing. Uh, I think it's what right wing, left wing, I, I don't know. You know, politics mm-hmm. is such a such a messy you know business, but mm-hmm. basically he was in a group of racist uh, people who supported you know white power and stuff. Right. And he was a resource officer in a high school dealing with all ethnicities, and mm-hmm. you know, that's someone that's supposed to protect him, you know, if need be, if someone comes in that school, someone who is basically looked to as you know the protector who's basically a racist, mm-hmm. and you know. Like I said, if it was up to me, you know, before I even give if it was up to me. It needs to be a heavy, heavy, heavy reform in the way that police training is taught. First off, like you said, it needs to be a committee, right? So if it was if it were up to me, you know, i will take it back to the old days. Back when the Black Panthers had their own, you know, security force, they policed their own neighborhoods um you know like i talked about this in a previous episode recently there was a, a town i forget but it was in a south american country um in a small town they had their own police force and essentially they're you know they elected town members and they you know basically cycle shifts throughout the whole you know week and months and stuff like that oh who was going to police the town and that town had zero crime literally zero crime everyone's held accountable for each other Everyone, you know, basically kept everyone in check. They policed themselves. They didn't have now, mind you, this is a country down actually it was a not a country. It was a town down in Mexico. I remember it now. And they had zero crimes, zero deaths, zero, you know, any type of, you know, interference from any cartel. They literally were Mm self-governed. And I'm not, you know, saying, you know, we need to self-govern ourselves, but they self-policed themselves. And I think that's the first step. You know, if we're gonna have you know, I don't know if you've seen that movie Judas and a Black Messiah, but...
1: Uh, yeah, I had... I was playing on because I got HBO Max and I missed it right when it went off. Uh, so I might have to catch it again. Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a great movie. It's a great movie.
0: But yeah. um, basically, you know, it had... You know, and I did my little research at the end. The Black Panthers had their own police force they had within their own communities, the Black communities. Mm-hmm. And they walked around, patrol the streets themselves, and, you know, crime crime rape was actually down. You know, they formed their own programs you know they had an after school program they had schooling programs and the white officers used to come to their neighborhoods just to stir up trouble mm-hmm. now they could have left all well alone but you know of course the you know it, it's so much fear and hate with you know against us so you know of course they had to stir up something but i think where we could start to make some reform is stop giving the damn government within whether it be federal or you know local let the let the power be within the people let the people elect who they want to be officers let the you know we elect everything else why do not we elect that you know it shouldn't be to the point where if well if you want to come here and join it you can all you need is a high school diploma that that doesn't cut it anymore because you know what's cutting it is that those people with those high school diplomas you know are ultimately the ones who are easily approached by those types of you know memberships and organizations who are ultimately racist at the end of the day i mean you know for heaven's sake you know Policing came from slave patrols, in all honesty. So, you know, if you're really being a realist, those police aren't meant to really protect us. You know, their their base goal was to catch runaway slaves and or kill or beat them. So they really have no jurisdiction in our protection at all. It's kind of the added, you know, little thing we had up in there unofficially that we just kind of threw in there over the years. But their role isn't even remotely to protect and serve, really, even though that is the motto. But yeah,
1: they protect, them <laughs> they protect them
0: exactly. That's why they act the way they do. If you go yeah. look up the fine line print, they really don't have to protect the service. That's just kind of a, a courtesy measure that they give us to us unofficially. So I think what we need to do is we need to police ourselves. Come up with our own community groups, not local county stuff, but you know if we can even come together to maybe, well, I'm gonna elect Tyrone and James and this person to go ahead and be the officer. You know. Make it diverse. Make it sort of an election so that you, you hold all of each other accountable. That way you don't have those groups coming up to you. That way you don't have those racist people in there. You don't have an abundance of that. It's all spread throughout thin. It's all even at random, you know? You don't have right. that type of person. Right.
1: And another yeah. thing... Go ahead. Go ahead.
0: And another thing is back where you were talking about you need to have these committees. And <laughs> I was even thinking about this a couple of months ago. I think that there needs to be a commission, right? Similar to how they had the January 6th commission. There needs to be a commission to where there's one person or either two people from any whatever ethnicity is in this country. Right. So mm-hmm. there needs to be two black people, two white people, two Asian people, uh, what, what else? two Indian people, two, you know, Hispanic people, two, you know, you know, Arab people, you know, basically two from every, you know, you know, ethnicity within this country. It makes it up. Right. Mm-hmm. And it needs to be at least one male, one female. And I think they need to police the police. And what I'm saying is that if say for instance you you don't even reform it the way that I'm thinking about, right? Say you keep the same exact system, right? Mm-hmm. Instead of having those people or not even you can even honestly, because you know, if the white the white majority wants to stay in power and be police, we can just take them out of the commission, right? So how about this? We even it out with all minorities, right? The minorities mm-hmm. being the Black people, the Asian people, the Hispanic people, and the Arab people, right? Or the Middle Eastern people. I don't want to say Arabs. The Middle Eastern yeah. people. Um, let, let the commission make up a majority of those minorities, right? And basically, that dash cam footage and that body cam footage that those officers keep toiling with, let mm-hmm. that be the service guide and a live stream feed to the commission itself. And let it always be reflected 24-7. So that way you can always hold that officer accountable and it's always someone there watching at all times. That way it's creating a whole new job sector, a whole new department within the government. But at its at its base, it's to keep everything in check. You can't sit there and basically go against the word of, oh, well, you know, basically, um, I know this happened because I have someone looking at it. No, you can't sit there and be like, well, no one was there to see it, or my dash cam footage got messed up, or my body cam footage got messed up. Like, no, you can't say that anymore. You have someone always looking at you. You have someone to keep you accountable. And not only that, because I'll even take it a step further. If we want to keep the same broken down system where we don't reform the actual academy itself and the people running it, if we want to mm-hmm. still keep it being there, we need to sit not only social workers there, but just even, like, you know, mental experts to the scene to sit there and help de-escalate situations and let the cop be the last resort and let the social worker be the basically handler of the cop saying, okay, well, this situation beyond my control is escalated to the point where it's going to be dangerous. Can you please go ahead and handle it? I think right. we need to do that, along with the commission still looking and abiding by it. And mm-hmm. just like it is with you know internal resources, I think that if there is some type of mutiny or some type of disruption going on within the company, I think that those that commission has every right for a random check Or a schedule check Or any type of undercover agent They want to have within the company To make sure that it's all good but, Because if yeah. we're not going to really Reform it all the way up to the point Where we're just going to start brand new Then we need to go ahead and start implementing Basically, uh, what was it, safeties So we don't get into that predicament again
1: Yeah, I I like what you're I like, I like what you're going to go on with it Question: Have you seen that movie? I know you were talking about movies. Uh, have you seen that movie called American Skin?
0: American uh, Skin? No.
1: Okay, so if I, yeah, I would definitely check it out. I believe it's on Amazon Prime. Uh, it's by uh, uh, one of the uh, actors in it. He's not the main actor, but he's one of the um, guy who played Ghost uh, on Power. He's in. Oh, it.
0: martin Harwick.
1: Yeah, he's in it as one of, like the friends or whatever like that. So the gist of the movie is this guy. Uh, his son was uh, was killed while he was uh, while he was filming uh, the police officer. He had a cell phone out, and the police officer uh, shot shot the boy and killed him. He was a teenager, and mm-hmm. uh, a year later, they did a documentary on. Um, they were doing filming a documentary uh, about the guy, the guy's father, who uh, and uh, because what happened was the police officer, of course, got let let off uh, and everything like that. And so what the police officer, um, so what the uh, the gentleman did was he took over the entire police, uh, he, him and his friends took over the entire police force, uh, mm-hmm. um, the, and uh, had them held him hostage and put the man who killed his son up on trial himself. And he had his, uh, he had a group of, uh, uh people who were in jail for non-violent crimes be the jury, and he yeah. and he let, and he let them. Uh, decide whether this man was going to live or die. I'm not going to spoil it, but uh, there was a lot of questions and a lot of
0: dialogue in
1: there that has has never been really uh, presented to the public, like stuff that's been underlying and, you know, underlying stuff that, you know, police officers probably, you know, probably a lot of them do think and a lot of, you know, a lot of questions that we have uh, as black people too, that we wanted to ask two police officers. Uh, that that was laid out in the film, and I I, I definitely encourage anyone. Uh, it now don't don't get it twisted. Now they now if you look on there, it has bad reviews. It's from people who, uh, if you look at, it, it's it been slandered because of you know certain people who wanted to make it look bad, but it's actually really good. Mm. Um, and, and I honestly I think that should be a movie. They should they should show in the police academy honestly uh, because that you know. Is very um, informative, very yes. informative, very, very important and it gives you a different light on what, uh, you know, if you want to be a police officer, it gives you a, a light of what we have to go through as black people on a on a regular basis, and, and, and you need to start asking yourself, okay, is this person really a threat? You know what I mean? So yeah, and I, and I, and I think uh, I think that's something that definitely I will encourage uh, parents to show their kids. Now it is rated R. But it's, um I believe it's, uh um, if you want to show your your children or show, you know, just watch it. I, I believe it's very informative. I think it's a must for people that want to watch something. Um, yeah.
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. Nah, nah, nah. I, I agree with you. You know, it's radar. Let, let them go ahead and see it. Uh, they they see much worse every day out here on the street. Absolutely. So, yeah. so they can go
1: ahead and watch that. Yeah, yeah. I just want to give it to give that little <laughs> just in case the parents listening, Okay, I'm going to show my kid. I'm like, okay, I just want, yeah. I just want to let you know, but but I believe even though his radar is really not is not what you think, it, it, it it's it's um it's definitely a must, it's definitely a must on your collection if you have No, yeah,
0: definitely. Go ahead and go ahead and check that out, y'all, because I definitely am going to check it out. Because like I said, it's it's to the point where honestly, this police reform, like I don't think no legit reform is ever going to come. I don't think the the way I envision reform is going ever to come. Where you basically take down the whole system, then revamp it to something new. Um, so my way to I guess put a patch on the wound trying to heal it is, you know, you know, the way I talked about earlier with the commission and, you know, basically, you know, the the aides coming in there, you know, the mental health specialist and trying to de-escalate the situation. That that's just the start of it. You know, if I was to sit there and reform it, um, I have a lot more ideas when it comes to that. And, you know, as it comes to black people and, you know, the justice system, you know, like I, we talked about earlier, everything's perspective in America. So if, you, you know, you fit a certain description and you look at, then that's going to be the perspective and narrative that you automatically get into. So, you know, that's, right. that's another, you know, social stigma that we need to try to beat as, you know, black people, in which it's not on us to beat. It's on us to try to change the perception to that, to the other side now and you know try to try to give something different we shouldn't have to sit there and change our image for anyone now we have to sit there and change their mindset we don't change what's wrong with that with us we change what's wrong with their minds um but looks like we're um coming to the end of another episode so i'm gonna just go ahead and uh start saying the closing remarks uh first and foremost uh shout out to those people out there in palestine right now um out there in gaza you know the ceasefire has happened at this point and um you know shout out to all those palestinian children and people who are you know bombarded by you know all those missiles and everything uh we stand with you um definitely um all for peace and prosperity and you know trying to promote love and peace throughout the world um so we definitely stand with palestine and the palestinians within gaza um so shout out to them um yeah. Without further ado, it's your host DB Tyrone. You got anything you want to say to the people?
1: Man, I just wanted to say, man, I, I to to you in particular, Mr. Gardner, I I really appreciate this. This was this was dope. I uh, can't wait for us to do it again. Uh, man, this was this was this was a good combo. Glad we had it. Uh, just to to um for people to start thinking. And this is the main thing. Just want people to start thinking about certain things. And, you know how people live. Uh, I, you know, get outside of your bubble, and and start thinking outside of your bubble. You know, you know, love love one another. Uh, you know, I I think I think love over hate. That's all I want to say. Just love over hate, everybody. I really appreciate this. I I really enjoy doing this with you, both uh, Thank you, man. No problem, man. Do it again. We're gonna
0: do it again. Yes, sir. All right. Sorry. Without further ado, this has been another episode of Without Boundaries. Until the next go around next week. Catch you on the flip out.